In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. We are going to just dive right in today because I have a little bit of like real talk to share. (laughs) I'm on three nights of a hotel to myself while I'm at a conference. And you know, maybe I just shouldn't have had that second cup of coffee. I just can't handle it. (laughs) And if you like real talk, buy me a cup of coffee. We can do more of this. Anyway, I wanted to give... I've been very thoughtful about what we are approaching in the end of year. And quite honestly, there's a lot of things, right, that come out the end of year. But one of them is it is the prime season for credit card signups. And I wanted to do an entire episode on just travel hacking for families. And I say for families purposefully because I think it is an amazing way to supplement your travel budget to travel longer, to travel farther. It's just like one of my favorite optimization strategies. And after two people, it gets so much more difficult. You even heard Chris Hutchins on my podcast say, you know, once you have a couple of kids, like the game is a lot harder to play with more people. And I have realized that. And yet I've figured out some strategies that I think would be really helpful. And so I wanted to to create content because the the content out there for families is like, eh, I don't think you need to pay thousands of dollars to follow someone's system. Once you learn the rules of the game, you just need a good, reliable source to ask questions and find answers that you need. And I don't think everyone needs to take online courses to understand how points and systems work. You just need to know what works for you, Right. And many of those groups, they want you to use their links and they get all the referral bonuses. And I'm not opposed to that, right? So if that's their business and that's their model and it helps people, that's great. I just think there's a way to support you through this. And what can I say? Like we're Sherpas. It's just the way we are, right? So I think families need a fair shot at the travel rewards game. And so I'm going to start with this episode, but there are going to be several future options as well to engage. If this is a content, a track that you are very interested in, it has been a game changer for our family to really optimize our travel budget. And honestly, it's helped us just think differently about travel. So part of the challenge with travel hacking is that the rules are just constantly changing. And so even with online courses, it always feels like, well, wait, what's what's the number now? Or what is the rule now? Or what are the bonus categories now? Because it literally is constantly changing. And it takes time to understand all of that. And let's just be frank, like we don't necessarily have time to scurry down the rabbit hole of travel rewards. So for this episode, I'm going to highlight some of the travel hacking resources that I already have. And then I'm going to walk through three examples of how we recently use travel rewards. So in 2022, We are still using travel rewards, even though we are moving to RV life a little bit more substantially. I am still using this. And 
At the end of this episode, I am announcing a free live Family Travel Hackers Q&A session. So I want you to be aware of it. I want you to know, stick around to the end and make sure you register for this, even if you aren't able to participate, because you'll get even more tips. And it's like Pandora's box a little bit. Like I want you to know what else is coming. I want to start out by highlighting some of my previous content. Travel Rewards has had a pretty steady thread in our content. If you go all the way back to episode 18, Travel Rewards Tips with Melissa Lagerquest, in that episode, we just talk basics. We talk terminology. We talk understanding the approaches and ways that she has used points to hack cruises. And full disclosure, Melissa is connected to Choose IFI Travel Rewards course. So if you want the DIY route and you want to go down that rabbit hole, that free course is available. That's where I started. And when it launched, it was probably close to five years ago, I studied it intricately. (laughs) And I have studied multiple things intricately. If you don't want to study it intricately, then stay tuned to what else is available here. In episode 19, our approach to travel rewards. This is where I walk through our strategy. I give you a free downloadable planning guide to help you through the process. And that is still available, ordinarysherpa.com backslash rewards. So again, you can get that downloadable tool that I created to walk you through how we approach this work. In episode 32, How to Fly a Family of Five to Hawaii for Under $500, I do a deep dive on the Southwest Companion Pass, which we've had for four years straight, and we are not renewing it next year, and I can talk more about that, but mostly because we're going to be traveling in the RV. And it just, I don't know that we're going to optimize it. It's nice to have for next year, but it's not a need to have. And we have so many other rewards at this point that we have kind of been not using that we realize, you know, it's not worth seeking that for next year. So we're taking a break, but I dive deep into the Southwest Companion Pass and you'll hear different strategy. And I'll actually share more about this, our travel experience to Hawaii and how we even hacked it even further. So I'm going to go deeper into that in just a second here. And then in episode 70, hacks to optimize family experiences without sacrificing value offers kind of an updated approach to how we planned our summer vacations. There's been a lot of different references, and so quite honestly, there's quite a few other episodes too. Uh, Episode 84 with Ed T, Adventuring Near and Far, Episode 40, Interim Expat with Scott Barrett, and Episode 77, Funding the Fun with Jen of Investor Mama, all have kind of threads of travel rewards and how people have used, some of our guests have used travel rewards in their overall travel experience. And there is a DIY method to this, so I just want to point that out, that the travel rewards guide I think is one of the best. And it's again, where I went deep, but it's also an uphill slog. I may have said on more than one occasion, can someone just tell me what to do? I just want you to tell me what I should do as a family of five. Like where, if I tell you where I'm going, can you just help me out? So stick around until the end, because there is a link to register for our free Family Travel Hacker live Q&A that's coming up. But tonight, I just want to share a few more behind-the-curtain tips to help you travel more for less. Okay, our first strategy is going to be flying to Hawaii for under $500 for a family of five. And I know I've already talked about this, and this is no secret. We use two Southwest Companion Passes. And right now, heads up, is the best time to start earning towards your Southwest Companion Pass. And I can, again, go into details. It gives you the maximum amount of time where one person flies free with you. But if you have any questions about earning Southwest Companion Pass, just 
sign up for the free Q&A. We can dive deeper into it there. But I want to go a little bit further behind the curtain. Many people will tell you to design your strategy based on a destination that you want to travel to. And that is one approach and that can work. But I also like to think about the experience. So I had Hawaii kind of on the list, but I don't, as you know, I don't keep a bucket list. It was not about that. And as I started to explore different places that we could travel, obviously Hawaii kind of piqued my interest. But from Wisconsin to Hawaii is eight hours of flying time. And direct flights don't exist from Wisconsin. It's the downfall of living in the middle of the country. So instead of designing this trip to be kind of a long haul with three kids, we actually split it up into almost five mini vacations. And by doing that, it made the experience so much different. So I want to share how we created our schedule that worked best for our family. Instead of looking at fare sales from our home airport of Milwaukee, I took the routes from our destination and worked backwards. So we knew we wanted to go to Hawaii. We want, And then I looked back at what airports flew direct for the cheapest prices. And with Southwest, there's quite a few in California, but really it's essentially all the West Coast. Seattle, Portland, and then a bunch in California. And so we worked our way backwards and our route ended up being almost five different legs. But let me explain how that worked. So our route was Milwaukee to San Jose and we stayed overnight in San Jose. So making almost like a little mini vacation. We left right away in Milwaukee in the morning, got to San Jose, spent the entire day in San Jose, spent the night in San Jose, got up and got on an airplane in the morning. From San Jose to Kona, which is on the Big Island, we were in on the Big Island for five nights from Hilo on the Big Island to Honolulu for four nights, from Honolulu to Maui for five nights, and from Maui to Los Angeles for two nights, and Los Angeles back to Milwaukee. And I wanted to kind of frame this because in essence, the way we designed each of those legs of the trip ended up being like five mini vacations. Now, why did we do that? It might seem like we had so many more logistics to work out. And overall, Keep in mind, you know, there was three islands involved in that. So there wasn't a lot of options for getting in between. We don't typically have five flights. Typically, we have two, maybe three, maybe four at the most if we have connecting flights. But for the most part, the islands were what caused a lot of the excess flights in this case. But because we had utilized the best fares and designed and experienced the total of number of points needed for this entire itinerary. So for one person for all five legs of this trip was 60,168 points. And that was for one person. Now, I already mentioned that we had Southwest Companion Pass. So two individuals of our party of five flew for free. Again, 550 per leg for taxes and fees, just so you know. (laughs) It's not completely free, but free in quotes. Which meant we needed points then to cover three of our family members. So that, in essence, is if you multiply that by three, was 180,500 points. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I think sometimes we have no idea what the goal is. We have no idea what we're necessarily working towards or how there's this elusive point system. (laughs) And a lot of airlines and brands, they aren't publishing their points anymore. So I wanted to give you a context. Now, this was an extremely low fare for a family of five. 
to get to there. You know, 180,000 points is pretty inexpensive. I have seen much higher redemption rates. But because, again, we had earned our companion pass, we had over 240,000 points just in earning our companion pass. So you need two sign-up bonuses, essentially, that gets you to, well, you have to hit 120,000 in order to get companion pass, okay? So that's the minimum, Plus the minimum spend. I mean, I'll go over all of this in a Q&A. I'm not going to dive deep into this. But essentially, we already had well over 240,000 points between the two of us. So this was actually quite easy for us to attain. A family of five, three weeks is probably a little longer than we typically would take on a vacation. But part of the reason I like Southwest is because they use the standard formula based on a price points comparison as opposed to these dynamic systems. So one of the things I would say, if you are a family and there are some quirks with Southwest, but I do say they are something to put in your portfolio because you have so many more options and you have so much more visibility into the cost or the points per redemption rate. Does that make sense? And I'm not always worried about redemptions, but this is one that's easy for me to constantly hack. And I am I still use Southwest points all the time. And I haven't done a sign-on bonus for three years. So just to give you a, he- a heads up on like, I'm constantly earning enough points that I've been able to take free trips and I haven't done a sign-on bonus now for two and a half years. So that I think is really interesting. Number two, our next hack is one of the most recent ones. And I wasn't going to share this. But I feel like it was too good of a hack that I'm I'm kind of excited. It was more of a, do you think we could do this kind of challenge? <laughs> it's something that we've booked for 2023. So my daughter is a huge Harry Potter fan. She's literally read all of the books this year. She dressed up as Ginny Weasley for Halloween. She's clearly into it. So I had heard, and P.S., this deal is still going on. You can get a Universal Orlando. They often have like a two plus two promo, meaning for two, you buy two days, you get two days free. So I just looked. The deal goes until March 2nd, 2023, if you're interested. Here's how you do it. We used a travel eraser card like Capital One VentureX card. And then essentially what that does is anything that codes as travel in your credit card, you can erase it. You can use it for a lot of different things too. You can transfer those points a lot of different places. But for now, I'm just going to give you the example of what we did here. We bought the tickets through Undercover Tourists. And for a family of five in the two plus two for four days, it was just under $1,500 for a family of five. So then we were able to wipe that travel expense out with our points. So now we're at zero. There's no taxes or fees that we've had to pay. And as a general rule of thumb, I usually say one point equals one cent, just to give you a sense of like how many points you need. So in this case, it was almost 150,000 points. Again, we had those. <laughs> so this isn't hard for us to figure out. We've You can usually get that with a sign-on bonus. Ideally, if you, ha- you are playing in two-player mode with a spouse or with a partner, you can get that with two credit cards. And I'll go into much more detail on minimum spends and when we apply for credit cards as part of our just kind of regular family budget in the Q&A call too, if that's what you're interested in. But I also did some research into what hotel works best for our family. Not a huge fan of hotels. And I'll jump a little bit more into hotels for families below. But ultimately, we landed on the Cabana Bay Beach Resort and used Chase Ultimate Rewards to pay for that hotel. This is normally, again, about a $1,500, between $1,000 and $1,500. It doesn't always make sense for us 
to use reward points for hotels and car rentals. I will say that, that sometimes it's just not a good optimization strategy, <laughs> especially when your points are so valuable. I sometimes hate, like it, it hurts me sometimes on the inside to use them for hotels and car rentals. But I also say, well, if it's going to optimize your budget, then optimize your budget, right? You, you don't need to stash these rewards for a rainy day. I don't think that's reasonable because your point values actually devalue over time because they change point redemption rates every year. So I would say use them so you have those experiences. It's about the experiences, not about the assets that you have stashed. If I jump then, kind of my third hack to share with you is the best hotel hacking options for larger families. I think hotels can be tricky for families. As your kids get older, it's a little harder to coordinate sleeping arrangements. And, you know, we have three kids, so there's never enough beds. And sometimes online bookings are just not ideal for more than four people. Like they don't even allow it. So as a family of five, hotels in general are harder. I have found the right formula for our family is looking for things that fit us. So fit our lifestyle. So for example, some of the amenities I search for are free parking, maybe a free shuttle to the airport. Can we make a meal in the room so I can optimize our food budget? Is there free breakfast or perks that are included with hotel status that we could optimize? Usually the kids want a pool. If we're staying in a hotel, they just like expect there to be a pool. I broke it down to share that within, there's like three families of hotels, Marriott, IHG, which is Hyatt, and Hilton. So if we look at those, there's more than that, by the way, but those are the big three. I thought I would share that within that, these are the ones that I try to look for. If I'm looking at Marriott, the best ones that work for our family are Residence Inn or Spring Hill Suites. They have a great breakfast. Now, this isn't true across the board, but generally speaking, they usually have good breakfast. They're usually sweets. They have like a mini kitchenette, like a decent kitchenette where you could actually make food. And we've just found the amenities to be very comfortable for a family. There's like a shared living space. You don't have to have adjoining rooms. You actually feel like you have a bedroom and the kids have space. So Residence Inn and Spring Hill Suites are the two that we really prefer if we're under the Marriott umbrella. If I'm in the Hilton umbrella, Embassy Suites is probably my, my most preferred there. And then in IHG, Hyatt House or Hyatt Place are probably two that I've been leaning towards more recently. And I should mention there are other budget options as well. And so if I'm not looking to optimize or and, and I don't want to use branded credit cards or transfer points or anything like that, I usually start looking, if I'm going to pay cash, for comfort suites. They're very accommodating. They have all the things we need. But as I alluded to, there's no one black and white answer, right? So there's a lot of moving parts and pieces that are going to depend on designing a strategy that works for you. What are the amenities that you need? What are the best ways to find, if these are the hotels you want, what are the best strategies now to get those? And I think sometimes just giving you a blueprint as a family of where do I start is one of the best options. So I'm not suggesting you have to follow my formula. It's a way for me to help you see what the options are and give you a starting point. So as I alluded to in this episode, travel rewards can be overwhelming and the content out there is really not geared for families of three or more. They're really designed for solo travelers, retirees, young couples. They're really not designed to be very family friendly, but it is possible. 
if this is intriguing to you and you want to know more, I'd strongly encourage you to register for our live event. We're going to do a family travel hacking Q&A. So if you're interested in becoming or improving your family travel hacker skills, go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash live. And I would say even if you're slightly interested, I'd strongly encourage you to sign up. It will be recorded and there will be like a little surprise that'll only be available to those who register before the rest of the community and world know about it. So again, if you are interested, OrdinarySherpa.com backslash live. And in the meantime, if you have questions, I love hearing your questions. Let me know. How can I help you? What are the questions that you're struggling with? Where are you stuck? Where do you need a little bit of help to maneuver your next move? How do you take that next first step? I want you to focus on taking action. So if I can help you in any way, you want to shoot me an email, feel free to do that as well. Heidi at OrdinarySherpa.com. But I'm hoping if these are helpful tips, if you want to really optimize your travel budget, travel more, spend less, travel hacking is a great strategy for you to adventure more, to connect through adventures, big and small, near and far. If you have questions about it, join us at the live event at OrdinarySherpa.com backslash live to register. Talk to you soon. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.